Hemshechayim Beis, Volume One. We're up to Chapter Eighty-Two, Page One Fifty-Five. Kufnun Hey, in the middle of the Sukkot, Maimer Maimer Twenty-One, Discourse Twenty-One, which the Friedrich Rebbe summarizes as being Ribu Emir Be'er Pnimi V'Kolshkem Be'er Makif. The quantitative difference in the imminent energy and definitely in transcendent energy. So let's sum up where we're, where we're at. Well, the plot is thickening. Very thick. Very thick. As we discussed and uh, summarized, the whole Ayin Beis, at least to this point, is discussing essentially two types of energy. Transcendent energy and imminent energy. What's or called in Chassidus and Kabbalah, or Makif, Igulim, Sevev Kalalman, Keser, Rotzen. It's all for practical purposes synonymous in the broad discussion. Obviously, when you break it down, each is, has specific, you know, Makif has a certain meaning, it could be Makif Kloli, Keser has different levels, and so on. But that, And then there's imminent energy, otherwise known as Arpnimi, or Eris Pnimim, Mamala Kalalman, Kaychis Pnimim. Internal faculties, integrated circuits, as we said. Yeshir, kav. So that's eagle. This is yeshir. That's seva. This is mamala. That's kesa. These are the ten spheres. The whole hamshel began with kesa. The hamshel begins b'shoshik dimu. That's the name of the hamshel. Yisrael nasal and nishma. Is the ebrish to God? Woe for them. Bound for them, ksarim, crowns. What is the meaning of crowns? That's the initial opening question. And from there he went to Kesser being rotsen. It's the desire. It's the first interface. And the key to understanding transcendent imminent energy is interface. Is the interface between the divine and existence. So to understand the first step of the interface, which means that atzmus, the etzem, the essence, and the same thing in the example of human beings... The first step to connect to a relationship with something is desiring it. There's no will, there's no way. You're not interested, there's no one to talk to. You know, even in council coupling. And people that say, have fallen apart, who loved each other once. And you say to them, are you interested in coming together? There's no interest, there's nothing to talk about. Even if they're capable. You know, because then there's no, there's no desire, there's no will to do so. This, in, as he said, is called keser or rotsen. We're not getting down to the levels of Ratzin. The, the initial desire, the details of the desire, that comes later. To understand that step of the interface, the Rebbe Rashab goes back and let's understand the structure first. So you can work two ways. You can understand it from God's perspective, God's mind creating, or you can go back to the structure and deconstruct and come to realize what God's intentions is through his structure. So really to understand Makif, he says let's first discuss Pnimi, which makes total sense. Because it's number one, it's easier to relate to. Number two, you need to understand them both anyway. So 56 chapters are dedicated essentially to Eris Pnimi. I'm not going to go through all the details that we've done here day after day, class after class. From the from the, the Eris Pnimi, Eris and Kalim, their structure is symbiotic. They relate to each other. They're tailored to each other. Not only the Kalim have structure, but also the Air has structure. And all the different proofs of it. Then he went to the root of Eris, is the hidden hidden spheres, God's desire for structure, 
However you twist and turn, he discussed imminent energy in many, so many different ways. Obviously, it's not exhausted because it's basically the building blocks of existence. And then in chapter 56, Anon, he went and said, that's all imminent energy, Erpnimi. Now let's return to the world of Ermakiv, to Kesa. And discuss and start on this transcendence. The first distinction is between Ratzin and Kreches. Exactly that, the desire and the faculties. The faculties, as we said, are the instruments. The desire is the driving force. Now I'm not going through the details. I'm just doing a sweeping summary here. And then he went to the discussion of Eir and Shefa. Again, similar to Makif and Primi. Eir is more agent of the source. Shefa is more related to the recipient. Is more relationship. And both are constantly necessary. And after that, he went into a discussion. Okay, so what exactly is transcendence then? So it's transcendence, on, the, on one hand, is above existence. It's not, it's not uh, imminent energy. Clearly not. Fundamentally different. So he went to a discussion that on one hand, transcendence is beyond it all. But on the other hand, it is the transcendence of this structure. We're not talking about atmos that's completely removed and apart. He's discussing that Makiv doesn't have his chalkus. Those were the words. His chalkus literally means division. It literally means um, separation. It means separate, distinct levels. Distinction. But in a broader sense, his chalkus, as he made it clear, is structure. It's the definition of structure. A structure means there's his chalkus. When there's no, distru- there's, no div- there's no distinct entities, there's no structure. No infrastructure. So Pnimi is all structure. The whole thing is about structure. Like he made it very clear. If there was no reason for, if, there, if God did not need existence, there'd be no uh, spheres. You don't need spheres if you, don't have, if you don't need for a structure. That's structure. But as we all know, it doesn't begin and end with a structure. The structure is the, is the platform, is the product. It begins with what wants, who wants the structure, what's the purpose of the structure. Now you're getting into the transcendent dimension. So he goes to the whole discussion, 20 chapters. This is from 59 to 79 which is discussing that transcendence on one hand is this removed entity, but on the other hand, we see transcendence, there's makif, and there's levels in makif. It's not just, there's what says, a transcendent the desire. There's, there's uh, his book, Tahiri Allah, Tahiri Tata, the makifim klolim of before the tzimtzum and the makif klolim after the tzimtzum. This is the, the macrocosmic transcendent forces. Then there's makifim pratim, kesar of atzilis and kesar of briya and yitzir and asiyah. So you can't just make a statement. Now, obviously, he's not contradicting himself. He's going deeper into that transcendence, despite its so-called transcendent quality and it's removed, is commensurate to the thing it is transcending. Meaning, each world, or each dimension, or even Machiav Kloli, has a type of relationship. But it's a relationship, as he brought from Tanya, Perik Memchez, that save of Kalama doesn't mean it's save of out there. It's within, but it's not revealed. It's not conscious. So now, we, it obviously, this brings us to a much deeper understanding and much more complicated, because now you're saying it's in and it's not in. So 20 chapters, he discussed the impact of transcendence on imminence and went back and forth in discussing how each level impacts the structure, but it's not of the structure. As we said, out of the system, but relating to the system. And this is critical, because this is where the whole dynamic takes place of the interface. If we don't have air makif, we are stuck in an air bubble. In a, in a, like a, we have a glass ceiling of our structure. We're never getting out of the structure. It is Er Makiv that br- introduces the elements of faith, like he said, Mesir Snefesh, 
deeper love. You know, when we now Rosh Hashanah Kippur, when a person cries, says a person who doesn't, and soul is not complete if you don't cry and says, what is that coming from? It's coming from transcendence, from transcendent forces. If we're in the structure, you can be a happy human being, function, and do what God wants like a slave that does, uh, serves a master. It's the transcendence that introduces dimensions to reality that is outside of the structure, but is doing it in a commensurate way to the structure. So there's 20 chapters till 79 really discussed the relationship between transcendence and immanence. But then you go to chapter 79, this is a key, you know, I'm pointing out special, uh, we'll call it uh, pivotal or uh, milestone chapters. You know, chapters that are called junctures, where he returns to the subject matter. Because remember, it's a flow. Right. So chapter interfaces in Ayin Beis itself. So chapter 79 is a key interface, as, as is 59. Because in 79, he goes back and says, What does he say? Becholzeh, 20 chapters he means. Hagam shenim for each world, still qualitatively, it retains a separation, it's separate. And, and here is where he goes and says, so even though it has different impact, and it has a different relationship with different worlds, but fundamentally, it's personality, it's muhus, it's identity, is of a different quality. And all ksarim are connected to one another. So in imminent energy, in other words, he's saying even the relationship of transcendence to structure is different than the structure's relationship with each other. In the structure, the first point he made, he said, for example, there's a qualitative difference between chachma of Asiya and chachma of Atzilis. He gave the example of a craftsman, whether it's in art or in, uh, what do we call it, embroidery, right, rikum. And Chachma of Atzilus, which is more abstract philosophical ideas. That distinction, that qualitative distinction doesn't exist in, in Ratzin. A Ratzin for Yasiya and a Ratzin for, for Atzilus are rooted in the same Ratzin desire. And one can graduate to the other, as he made it clear. So that's the first key distinction. So even though um, we have levels of Ksarim, as he said. The key thing to know is that they all are of the same substance, same quality. And I gave the example, which I think is a good example, and I think it's going to be very relevant, because I'm going to use it now to elaborate further, is think of it like department heads. Craftsmen, well, I use craftsmen, workers, meaning the ten spheres that are instruments, their job is to do their job. Ches is not business, is not to do chachma. And Chochmah is not to do Bina. They interact with each other, there's Iskalos, we're not getting into that right now. But their, difference, their, their function is their function. That's the whole idea of imminence. Structure means structure. Hizchalkos, real Hizchalkos. What about the department head? What about the nervous system, the nerves that are telling Chochmah what to do or Bina what to do? The Rotsen. The Kesser of Chochmah, the Kesser of Bina, or the Kesser of Atzillus and the Kesser of Bria. They are not quite as different. It's true. Each one of them is informing, this is a supervisor of Chochem, this is a supervisor, but their supervising element qualitatively are, they're very similar. They go to meetings of supervisor meetings, where Chochem and Bina are not invited to those meetings. It's a different meeting, because there it's a meeting of strategy, and they all connect to the original Ratzon. Their job is to fulfill the desire of the soul. Whether it's a Chochem desire, whether it's manifest of Chochem Bina, Chochmah Bina, you don't want them in that strategy discussion because Chochmah Bina have to do their job. They shouldn't be busy thinking about the big picture. 
Now, of course, at the end of the day, Chacham Bina are informed by it, and being that it's all coming from one divine source, imminence receives from the transcendence. But we've, right now we're talking about the distinction between the two. So when a, when a brainstorm session is determined in the Ratzon, we're going to build this building, you don't want Chachma coming and going back to the drawing board and saying, hey, one second, got to know what you're... No, that the desire is already determined. Now it's time to implement. Now it's time to create art. We're not going back that the artist could have done different types of art, or the artist is still in hysteria, or it's still in Lifniat Tzimtzum, and all those, uh, what we spoke about, the different. But so there's a commonality between each department head, or supervisor, whatever you want to call it, between each desire, which is just another word, I'm just using it as an example, there's a qualitative relationship they have that is of different... So that's why the craftsman will never become the philosopher. It's two different types of chachma vasiyah, chachma vasils. But the desire that 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 shapes the chachma of craft and the desire that shapes the chachma of of, of um, abstract thinking, or as we call seichel be'etzem, chachma be'etzem. There, it's like like we spoke about there. It's like the desire to throw a stone or the desire to sit and concentrate on learning. From a desire point of view, it's all desire. What difference does it make? Okay, that was point number one. So there's this this this, this uh, qualitative similarity between all ksarim, between all transcendent. But then in chapter eighty, he returns now to a question. Okay, now we understand how there are different levels of keser, different makifim, different levels. But then in he says that the, the ten spheres in the igulim themselves. So now he's going the igulim themselves, the makifim. The transcendent energies have actually ten spheres, which is awfully similar to the word ten spheres that we define with imminence. So suddenly it's like saying, the whole point of ten spheres, as he said earlier, is to define structure. So if you say the Ksarim don't have spheres, so each Kesser is a supervisor for that world. But now you're telling me the supervisor has ten spheres. That means that the supervisor, the, the Rotson, is made up of structure. That's basically, that's what it means. Spheres is structure. That's clear that he said before. So, not that it's, it's not a, like, I mean, obviously he's going to answer the question, but it seems that's why he says the Seser contradicts. The point was, no, that Rotson doesn't have structure. And it informs structure, it commensurate to it, it, it relates to it, because remember, every supervisor does speak to his group, to his team, according to what they need. But now you're telling me there's actually spheres in the, in the in, there's actually structure in the place you just said there's no structure. Or using the Loshan, he's saying, in a place of, he's saying there's this Chalkus, in Igulim. So why, did, why are we saying till now there's no Hizchalkos? So obviously we can speculate. because he's great. So he answers, this is chapter 80, his answer briefly is, and it definitely could be understood from what was said earlier. His answer is that this structure, the ten spheres in, in Makifim, ten spheres in Pnimim are not the same, basically. Yeah, he's using the same ten spheres, and he's going to discuss this later more at length. But the difference is, here in the in the transcendent level, all it is is a matter of quantity. When you say chokhmah bina of igulim, you're basically saying the same quality. Talk about the supervisor, the department head, is giving a different measure flow. A me, different measure. The flow is of a different measure in different levels. That's what he's saying. And this distinction of the flow is only quantitative meaning more or less, it's not a qualitative difference. It's of the same quality. It's the same energy. We call it transcendent energy. Just a question of measure. That's the basic point.
And, and, the, and then he's going to continue and say, this measure, however, is not what defines structure. Because you could say, okay, what, what, what did you achieve by saying this? You achieve by saying it that it's fine, quality the same, quantity different, but, but that's still structure, quantity. Why is that? What makes it so so fine? Since the second point is that quantity does not define structure, quality defines structure. Qualitative difference defines structure. Yeah, 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 and then and that and then he continues the same adamants here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. That now you understand because he goes back to it. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> then he throws into the equation. Before I go further into this distinction, there's another element where we see so-called distinctions, his chalkus in makifim, and that is not only are there ten spheres in makifim, but each sphere itself, each eagle, has a mile and a mata, has a higher point and a lower point. I mean, physically, it's like you look at a circle. This is the tops of the circle, the bottom of the circle. Even though, in other places, we speak clearly that circle does not have a top and bottom. But here he says, he brings it. And he brings what it says in Chassidus. I, I quoted the Kiyah Mitzvah Zeis from the Alter Rebbe, from Tovkuf Samachvov. And the Merab Marash elaborates on this at length. That we see it in the context of Tikkun Mili Hapgomim. Tikkun Hapgomim. Basically repairing wounds. Repairing blemishes. Repairing something that has been spiritually infected. Talk about a spiritual infection, like a regular infection, requires imminent energy of the faculties is not enough. The regular blood flow and the regular uh, so-called resources of the body's resources is not enough to create healing. Healing needs a surge. It needs a power from elsewhere. So makif is what creates that power. So refuah comes from the level of makif in general. So in other words... Think of it this way. Well, as long as the body is functioning well, the makif remains there as like a so-called protector. But then when there's actual problem, you need to have some, and you need to have an additional surge of energy that's outside of the system to come repair the system. Now, this makif has two parts to it. There's two aspects to it. Just like a wound has one, one that the, the, the energy has been drained. And two, as a result, the chitzenim, the negative forces have now begin to fester, and the infection begins to grow. So you need to clean out and get rid of those chutzenim and take away the energy that they have been weaning and, and, and uh, feeding off, more than what their allotted measure. And you need to bring back the healthy energy to get back the flow the way it's a normal way. So what it says in the Ma'amorim, that's what he quotes, is that the first one comes from the higher part of the makif to clean out the infection, and antiseptic, which is like a stronger type of medicine, require, is uh, from the higher part of Makif, and the returning the Erpanimi, the eminent energy, is from the lower part. So we see higher and lower. It makes it very clear, however, that this higher and lower is completely quantity, not quality. The quality is the force of Makif coming to heal. The specifics is, yes, day one you may need to have stronger antiseptics. You may need to have some stronger medicine to, to get rid of the the, the 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 what's called the raging disease, right? And slowly, you don't need that much strong. So if you take medicine for day one, you give someone three pills, and day two, two pills. The pill is the qualitative shift, but two or three or five or hundred—that's already a matter of quantity. Now, obviously, we have to qualify. Every quantity has some quality to it. 
because it's doing a job that the less quantity can do. But you're not talking about a fundamentally new entity. Feel, healing is a new force you're introducing. Again, we're not talking about a healing that comes natural, that doesn't require anything. Even then, the body also goes into over, overdrive when it needs to heal. It sends all the resources to that place. So clearly you see there's also an abundance. So bottom line is, this is quant. Now, go, let's go back now to the main topic. But all this are distinctions. But the distinctions, it means like the ten spheres in the Igulim, but the distinctions are quantitative. And qualitative, they're not. And the key thing now is that quantity doesn't define structure, quality does. And to explain that, he continues in the second half of chapter 80, to explain, explains it with Chachman Bina. He explains that Chachman Bina, as we discussed earlier, even with imminent energy, quantity is not that significant. In other words, what defines imminent energy structure of the S spheres is the fundamental difference between Chachma and Bina. Not that Bina is diminished Chachma. And he goes to explain this by using the other extreme. Yes, when it comes to Seichel, Bina and Chachma have a certain similarity. And they're of the same quality. We're talking now in the Seichel part, meaning in the quantity energy part. And there, he explains, Bina can actually become like Chachma. Not exactly, but it can grow to the point that it could even have part of the emes of Chachma. The Nekudas Tamsis, it comes to a summary. And even further than that, he says, even when the Kabina comes to the depth where you come to get a certain resonance and conviction, the Hanoche, like he says, the Samtus, it's already outside of its Asaga then. It's not Bina anymore. So the, so the relationship between Bina, Chachma, Seichel, that's a quantitative one. But its real structure is qualitative. Chachman Bina will never meet. Even in Atik, he says, all the way in their root, they're two separate forces. But in quantity, because they're of the same personality, they, um, they can meet. You see, what can be confusing here is this sounds very similar to what he said in the previous chapter about, about transcendence. That Kesser of Asiya can become Kesser of Atsilus. Because quality, they're of the same nature. So that's true. That's true. When you talk here, if you're talking here on the level of quantity, they have that element of similarity. But the fact is, Chachman Bina are fundamentally two different entities. Where in transcendence, it's not that way. We'll get to that in a moment. So we see that even in imminent energy, the structure is not defined by the quantity. Because quantity is just a matter of time, just a matter of uh, more or less. That structure is defined by qualitative difference. And then he goes on, before we get back to Makif, he says, and the same thing, it's all in imminence, yeah. The same thing in chapter 81, he says, and the difference between the Gili and the different levels of Atsilus. When you say that Irin Sof radiates in Kesson Chochma close, from close, close up. In Bina, distance. In Zah, like through a window. And Malchus, through a hole. He says, that's all quantity. You widen the hole, you have the same light, like the window. Nothing changes. You want quality difference? You have to go to Bria. Bria is a different quality than Atsilas. Like he said before, that the Chachma of the craftsman is completely different quality than the wisdom of Atsilas, which is uh, the essence of ideas, abstract ideas. Here he says Bria. What's, what does it say in Eitz Chaim? It says that the light to Bria has to go through a curtain, Mosach. 
And a curtain is not just like the difference between a hole and a window. A hole and a window is the same light, just less measure. The same sunlight is coming through the hole. You widen the hole, you have the same sun. When you're talking a curtain, a curtain fundamentally changes the light. It's a qualitative shift, right? Paradigm shift. And as such, even if the light is more intense, it's still on the other side of the curtain will be uh, diffused. So that's a qualitative shift. And that's where the real structure is. But you talk about Rebbe Amit, and he gave example of a teacher and a, and a recipient and a student. Different students get different levels of, but it's the same essential idea. That's why. You, it says you should always teach a student in a summarized way. That doesn't mean you're giving him less. You're giving him more. As he says, concentrated in the in the in the transmission is the whole idea. And that's why when he reaches forty, not because at forty years old he goes back to his teacher and hears new things. That which he heard all these years at forty years, he suddenly appreciates because it's embedded in there. So that, in other words, it's basically an issue of kamus. It's an issue of quantity, not quality. If it was quality, it wouldn't happen that way. That means within, embedded, even in the small seichel, even in the hole, is the light of the window, and even more than that. You can climb. So Malchus of Atzillus has, and we talk about quantity, has a, an element that it can climb all the way to Chachma. Quality, not, but, but in quantity, yeah. Whereas Bria, even in quantity, can't. Because Bria is a whole different personality. It's not of the same league. <clears throat> and then he goes on and gives one final example before he goes back to Makif of Meichen and Midas. Same thing as Meichen and Midas. Even though Meichen and Midas are two fundamental different entities, which is why he brings it. Because here it's even stronger. Chachma and Bina, you could say they're both at the end of the day Seichel. But Meichan and Midas, we made very clear that Meichan and Midas are very, very separate entities. Midas is Yesh, Hergish, Atzmai, you sense yourself. And yet, we're talking again, not natural Midas. We're not talking about the natural tendencies of a person. We're talking about Midas that are born through contemplation. The maturity of Midas, as he puts it. So here, the Midas are informed by the Seichel, and they have within them the entire seichel. That's what drives them. That's their driving force. That's their energy. And especially once they get matured, they have the seichel within them. And they're a natural flow with an automatic, spontaneous expression of the maturity of the mind. So even Midas and Mechen have an element in them that is, um, like he concludes, there's no fundamental structure there because the midas really have that the emotions have the intellect in them, even though they're of a separate entity. Because in the diminished energy, even if it's diminished, it has concealed in it the entire intensity of the, the of the whole the whole of the whole light and energy there. It's just in a diminished form. And then, this is true, this is all now imminent. And then he concludes, Mikolshke, and how much more so is, is Makif. So if we stop right here, before I go further, the second half of this chapter, the end of the chapter of 81, you can basically say that we have like this. In chapter 79, he made it clear 
that transcendent energy of the same quality, and all the Ksarim are connected. And one, the lowest transcendent energy can climb to the highest. Whereas in the structure of imminent energy, they cannot. The Chachma of Asiya is fundamentally different than the Chachma of Atzilus. The craftsman and the abstract ideas, the essence of ideas. And then there's a second element, and that which we do talk about, the levels of differences, are all we call superficial to the quality of the subject matter. Even in imminent energy, the levels of of quantity, of measure, don't define the real structure. So that, so then also in Makif, even though in Igulim you have ten spheres and each one does its function, nevertheless, that's not what defines structure, because when you go to the quality of it, they're all of the same quality. So in other words, qualitatively all Makifim are one, in, in imminence, qualitatively all the ten spheres are not one. They're fundamentally different. And secondly, even the element that is quantitative difference in makifim does not define structure even on the imminent level. And then he adds a key thing in the, in the end of chapter 81. And that is that even on the level of quantity, because till now you could say, you know what, okay, we got it. That in Pnimi we're saying the real structure is qualitative difference between one level and the next. In Makif, you don't have such qualitative differences. You only have a quantity. But as far as quantity goes, you could say the ten spheres of Makifim are similar to the quantitative difference in Primim. You follow what I'm saying? You could make that argument. And here he makes it clear that it's not the case. And this gets into a deeper distinction. In other words, even the quantity, which is not the key defining ingredient of structure, is also not the same. Is also not the same. No, so he says why. Because it goes like this. He says two key points. That in the quantity and imminence, when there's less quantity, there's less intensity. It's chalicious. It's weaker. The energy is weaker. And in Makif, it's not. Even when there's less, it has the same intensity. In other words, the desire... Now we'll go back to the department heads. If you're talking about the function itself, so obviously a worker that's asked to work for an hour and his investment in his work is more just to polish something up is not the same type of exertion that, uh, that the worker who built it. So within imminence, you have very clear distinctions. It's true. You could say this is only quantitative difference. Because they're both, let's say, uh, the person who lays the bricks... And the other person who comes and just polishes it up. You could say that's a quantitative difference. But one is diminished energy is diminished energy. In Rotson, the desire, the department head, he doesn't really care. He needs both. He needs the polishing and he needs it to be built. He doesn't care how much exertion goes on. From his instructions, the instruction level is the same command, the same interest. He needs both. It doesn't matter to him. And his intensity, if one doesn't do the job, he's going to yell at him just as much as he'll yell at the other one. I'm just using that as an example. Rutzen only cares about is the product. He doesn't care about how much energy is going into it. In, in imminent energy, weaker, weaker energy is actually weaker energy. The Rutzen, when you have a desire to throw a stone, 
That desire is the same investment as your desire to write a book. Even though you could say, what are you talking about? How could you compare the two? This takes a second, I just throw a stone, and writing a book is going to take me years. That's the, that's the faculties at work. The desire is a desire. That's what he wants. Whatever reason. <clears throat> but then he says something which is even, I think, the key to the whole thing. If you remember, he said, he said that, he said, remember that when he spoke about which I'm going to get to in a moment, let me get to that in a second. Remind me if I don't get it. No, it's a very important point you're making, but I want to say it at the end. I want to just finish what he's saying here, because then I'm going to bring it back to what he said earlier in this whole discussion. It goes like this. So now he says a key line here. That's what I want to bring out. I think this is a key line. I would underline it big time. Here. The Leah is the clawless Indian Er Pnimi. Being that the general, I guess, the general personality of imminent energy of is Gili, is Kashara Gili Ubamid, that defines its personality. Here's the key thing. The, the reason that in, uh, in imminence, even quantity, has far more impact than the quantity in than the impact in Rotson is because it has a different role. In imminence, the goal is to get a structure built. The goal is to fulfill a distinct purpose. So yes, it's true that Bina or the student has even in the beginning of his studies within the idea has everything that he'll learn and everything that's in there is embedded and it's just a matter of time. And it's only quantity. But quantity in imminence is quality. What does this mean? I'm saying my own words of that. What does it mean? Because in imminence, it's rel- very relevant what you see. It's, what's embedded is very nice, but gili is the key of imminence. Imminence is about gili. Imminence is about reality. It's not incidental that he's a beginner student. It's not incidental that the teacher is diminishing or using examples to teach him olive bays when olive bays has so much more. It's critical. And that defines the student. You're not going to say, you know, a beginner is really a great scholar in potential, just a matter of time. You don't speak that way. You say like this, a beginner is a beginner. However, within the wisdom, in the Derech in the summary, when you teach him ABC, olive bays, lies all the wisdom that he will ever learn. And when he's 40, he's going to come to realize that. But in imminence, it's important to say, this is a Talmud, he's a student, he's not a teacher. If you tell the student, you know what, you're really the teacher, just a matter of 40 years. That's, not, first of all, it doesn't, it doesn't elicit respect. You have to, I mean, you have to, students need to know that they're not on that level yet. And, and the truth is, in the imminent level, this, your role is what defines you. Your revealed role is what defines you. This is a critical component. In transcendence, on the other hand, it's not its revelation that defines it. What defines Ratzin is what the source wants. The source wants uh, throw a stone. It wants to polish something. It wants. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. That's what all that matters. So qualitatively, the Ratzin is equal everywhere. We spoke about mitzvahs. When you focus on the kavanah of mitzvahs, each mitzvah has its purpose. When you're doing, we're eating matzah. You're eating matzah. You're, you're sitting in a sukkah. You're sitting in a sukkah. They're not the same mitzvah. Different time. A shir is a shir. You cannot say, you know what. Who really cares if I'm going to eat this much or I'm going to do it for this long and so on. These things matter. 
I will say, you know what, that within a person eating a kazayas, a certain measure of food, or or doing a mitzvah kadei, dashir. Huh? I was going to say kadei, uh, what? The different expressions that are used. A shear, a measurement that should be like this. Within it lies the whole bleak vul of elokus. Very nice. But right now, what we need to know is what the measure is. Even the paradox there, that is, is that only, what was, was the space of the urn that says do not take up space. But only when you built it according to the measure. That's the paradox. It's not like, they'll say, you know what, since it's not going to take up space, I'll, I'll review what I just said. I don't know where I stopped exactly, whatever. So to go back to the line that I was reviewing, I was going to say this line. So it says like this. The li is the closest in your gili. Being that the Klolosin of Eprim is to be revealed, so when the Gili, the revelation, is diminished, Hagam, even though it has within it concealed all the, everything in there, you ask, Gili, Gili will tell you, it, the, what defines its reality is what you see, not what is hidden inside it. Like I said, you don't, the student is a student. You don't say the student is a great scholar, and just, it's just a matter of time. Because as I said, when you talk about the shiurim, when you talk about mitzvahs that have measure, you read the kazayas. Yes, within it lies all the intensity of God's will. You build the mishkin, you ask Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, the visionary, tells you build the kalim first because that's the purpose. But the architect has to know exactly what the measures are. minamida means that the space didn't occupy space. If you measure the holy of holies, once the urn was there, the urn had a measurement. It says you measured the urn and measured. You measured... From one wall to the other, it would have measured as if this, the, the urn was not occupying space. It's a complete paradox. 
But the key thing, to, the key fascinating thing is not that it's really this, the, the space is an illusion. And the lack of, and, and the not occupying space is reality. They're both reality. The only way to reach the place of Mokam, and Enaminamid is when the urn is built by these measurements. Someone will say, you know what? Since it doesn't occupy space, and God is whatever, his paradoxical ways he can do anything, who really cares? We'll just hack together a piece of wood and the gold and make a canor. No. It has to be precise, exactly this. When you do a mitzvah, it has the specific mitzvahs that are connected to our time. Over zmane, over bottle carbone. If the day passes, you can't say, I'm going to do put on film tomorrow twice for the day before. It's in that particular time. You could say, what difference does it make? God is believable. Time takes up space. No, but he created time and he created structure. And imminent energy is all about structure. You cannot compromise that structure. This is a critical component, obviously, in Jewish thinking that is very different than other schools of mysticism. You know, you reach the unity of the light. Who really cares about the structure? But the structure is the whole purpose. If God doesn't want a structure, you don't need the whole thing in the first place. So the structure is absolute. And in the interface, this is the beauty of it. So imminence is defined by the gilu. So even the quantitative difference in giluim is fundamentally different in Erpnimi than it is in Ermakiv. Because Ermakiv, on the other hand, the desire for this level or for that level, from the point of view of the that when you say, I'm doing a mitzvah with you, that's why Alte Heshekel, you shouldn't measure Kala Kichamura, the light mitzvah, linear mitzvah, to a stringent mitzvah, because from the point of view of the Ratzin, it's God's desire. But you cannot come and say, since it's God's desire, then I don't really care what mitzvah to do. Because imminence dictates you do have to know which mitzvah to do. And within that lies a transcendent element that is an equalizer. So from the perspective of imminence, when the energy is less, it's not a small matter. It defines that entity. Now you're a student, you're not a teacher. Now the energy in in a weekday is not the same energy as in a Shabbos. Yom Kippur is a holier day than other days of the year. It's not, you say, potentially every day has a godliness in it. Of course it does. But Yom Kippur is Yom Kippur. You stand up when a Sefer Torah comes into a room. You don't stand up when you bring a table into a room. I say there's godly energy in it. Because in imminence there is structure. And structure matters. And it's, now we know this is a matter of, of halachas and Torah. This is a matter of sometimes life and death. These, these structures. It's not just a small matter. You'll say, oh I did it this way, by mistake I made it that way. There's no such thing. Structure is critical. On the Makif level, on the other hand, even the qualitative difference, the fact that it's a desire for this mitzvah, a desire for that mitzvah, or it's a desire for this world, or a desire for that world, even though there's a quantitative difference between how the Makif of, of Chachmah, the spheres of Chachmah, the ten spheres we say of Igulim, the sphere of the Chachmah in Igulim, and Bina, but there the distinction is far less relative, relevant. That's why he says, The intensity, meaning the qualitative force of the desire of the department head, is the same. <coughs> so to sum up, we basically have here is like this, that imminence and transcendence are fundamentally different levels. The fact that transcendence now has some structure because it has ten spheres, is quantitative. Quantitative does not define the primary structure. And even quantitative, even the level of quantitative of the structure of the imminent is different than the quantitative 
as it impacts in transcendence. So in every possible way, these are two are the ten spheres of imminence and ten spheres of, of transcendence are not the same. That's the bottom line. Now he asked me a question. He's not referring to what he said earlier: the difference between rotsen and the faculties. That it does not nitfus, it doesn't manifest. I think, first of all, he's relying on what we've learned before. I don't think he has to say it because here it's it, it's really the explanation of that. What I just said is that exactly the same words. I didn't use those words, but that's the same Havana, the same understanding. Because you're basically saying makifim are not defined by structure. Even when you're talking, even when they're communicating with the structure, even when they're, their function is, is like I said, the strategy room with the, 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 the main desire. All the ksarim are connected in that way. So I think he's saying the same idea, he's just not using the word nitfus. In other words, he could have said technically, and the fact that ten spheres in the gulim, but they're not nitfus in it. The reason I think he wouldn't say that is because then, what's the point? So why are you telling me there's ten spheres? You tell me there's ten spheres and it's not nitfus. So don't say there's spheres. He has to have a, a more explanation because the spheres are there. There are spheres in there. So he's explaining the spheres are just the quantity of its, present, of its manifestation, of its presentation, of its transmission. I mean, it's a very profound stuff, but I think, but I think, um, and you're thinking about it and you're reviewing it again and again, it becomes clearer and clearer. That would be only one makiv. That would be the makiv before the symptom. But we're talking about in the gulim as they go down in Atzilus and in Kesar and everything. There are ten spheres in the gulim. There's a called chok. I've just been speaking that about that for close to 45 minutes. No, it's the supervisor of that department. It's the desire. Yeah, okay, so this is that's what you said. So the desire. No, not desire for all the spheres. We're talking about the, the, the but, the, but, it's, but it's called Igulim. It's called the spheres of Igulim. There's Igul HaKesar, Igul HaChochma. There is Igul HaKesar, there's Igul HaChochma. No matter how you twist and turn it, even if you say it's a desire for Kesha, a desire for Chachma, but Kesha and Chachma are different. So it's different. There's two different circles. One is dedicated to Kesha, one is dedicated to Chachma, one is dedicated to Bina. Qualitative, but quantitative there is. That's the whole point here. Quantitatively different. There's a different measure of energy going into each one. There's a different measure of energy going into each one. Do you understand the difference in Kesar of, of the Makkah before the Tzimtzum and the Makkah after the Tzimtzum? Let's start with that. Is that the same thing by you too? I understand, but but you see there, um, they have different roles. 
They have different roles. As soon as something has a different role, the question is, is that distinct role a quantitative or qualitative distinction? And how relevant is it in the fundamental personality of that entity? That's the question on the table. That's where the real distinction comes. In other words, we've established that makifim have levels. You know, for example, a makif is, let's say, you put on a shirt. Someone that's a bigger person has a bigger shirt. There are differences. The levushim, according to the body that they're dressing. Makif of Atzillus, even if it's a, even if it's fundamentally a desire, but it's a desire for a particular section of the of the existence, whereas let's say makif of ak is a desire for all of existence. So true, they all rooted they're all rooted in the original desire. But now this makif of Atzillus, what is it now more Atzillus, is it more of the domain of Atzillus or is it more belonging in the domain of desire? That's the question. And this is relevant, and as, as I said, the key thing here is Aveda. Remember, this is not Encyclopedia Shulchan Code of Law, Shulchan of Makifim or Primim and Mathematics. The key is to understand all this, as I said earlier, is ground, the only way we can ground this is by us grounding it in our Aveda. It's not a, a mental exercise. I'm trying to figure out which level. What is the Aveda of this? And then you'll see the whole thing takes on a different uh, picture. The Aveda of this is... We're trying to connect to the divine that's outside of our system. That connection has to have two things. It has to reflect what God wants, which is the source. But it also cannot annihilate our, our structure. So imminent energy, no problem there. Imminent energy, as I said, is an invisible glass ceiling. You can never get out of the structure. You go as far as you can go, is a perfect structure, exactly as God wants. A perfect piece of art. But if you want to go into the artist's mind, into artist's desire, into more of have a relationship with the artist himself, not just this piece of art that he created. That's where transcendence comes in. Transcendence brings us there. Now the question is like this. Is this some just a jump into some transcendent energy and that's that? No. Being that we have a structure, and the structure has to communicate with this transcendence, so transcendence in some way, I don't care called masquerades, but in some way relates to each particular world. Which is why, for example, you do a mitzvah, as I said, every mitzvah has its shear, it has its measurement. When you do it, how you do it, how long you do it for, what are its parameters. Within that lies the whole bleak the infinity of God. But how, does, how do these two interact? So you have to do it based on the rules of the structure. But there's a transcendence, there's a desire that you do it this particular way. And then there's a desire for general, I wonder the whole world to be a home for me. So the general desire of the home obviously is very removed from the specific desire for this particular mitzvah. But you want both. So you want to have that the desire for a particular thing has, has identifies with the particular, but also is a bridge to bring you back to the Baal HaRatzin, to the desire of all the desires. Like he says, the Ratzin of all Ratzinus. So you can understand that, therefore that the transcendence also has levels, but here the levels are far more amorphous. But they're not just all one thing either. That's why this quantity quality is critical. So the key point that he's making here is that there are levels in transcendence, meaning there is a transcendence of Atzillus. Like he said earlier when we said in, in uh, Berchus Yetzer, we say, And he says, Is the makif of Atzillus. Atzur Mizgavenu is the makif of Bria. 
of neshama. The neshamas that primarily focus on intellectual service. Then comes Mogin Yeshenu. He says the Makiv of Yitzira. That gives power, the transcendent power for the neshamas that primarily focus on their emotional work. And then comes uh, the Mogin, uh, then comes Shur Mizgavenu. I'm, I'm sorry, not Shur Mizgavenu. Mizgav Ba'adenu is the Makiv of Yitzira. The main the neshamas, the souls that do their primar- primary work in action. Remember, we, I don't know if you were here when we discussed that. Now, you don't want to have... These are three different departments. The souls that work in action, the souls that work with emotion, the souls that work with their minds, are three distinct type of souls. Briyatsir and Asiya. They're qualitatively different. They're all necessary. There's some things that the Nishamas of Asiya do and the Nishamas of Briya cannot do. Each have their mile, each have their qualities. It's like Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. You don't want somebody to come and say, you know what, let's all be one. Kain has to do Kain b'duchanam levim Kainim b'avedasim levim b'duchanam Yisrael b'ma'amodam. They each have their distinct role, and therefore, also the makifim that give them strength have to be a makif that's commensurate. It's like that's the garment that fits that particular world. Now, you go to the strategy room. These desires, on one hand, qualitative, quantitatively have a difference because they, their flow of energy is to each level commensurate to it. You can't have uh, you can't have Asiya getting powers from the transcendent forces of Atsilas. Besides the general force that it gives to all Nishamas. We're not talking about that. It becomes an, uh, right. And also it's not giving it the ability to work through its... He wanted to give, it wanted to elevate it from its level. You know, um, so on one hand, it has a relationship. So there's a quantitative difference, each desire. But if you ask fundamentally, all the Ksarim are one. They all nishtal They all come from one, and it's easy for one to go and change. He can become a department head of another one. Because he's not fundamentally an Asiya domain. Keser of Asiya, on one hand it's a Keser of Asiya, but on the other hand he's a Keser. So it's true, what, we need, what we're trying to thread here, the needle... Is how is it both? How is it both has quantitative difference and qualitative similarity? In imminence, it's the other way around. In imminence, the prim- primary role is structure. It's not it, a C is not meant to be here. It's meant to do its function, and therefore it's meant to do its function. And therefore, on that level, like you said, number one is there's qualitative difference between one level and the next. Even the quantity also is very critical. Because even the quantity in Asiya, you could say, yeah, Asiya has diminished energy. But potentially it can reach great heights. But that's not its role. Its role is defined by Gili. We're not, we're not interested right now in what you potentially can achieve. Because imminence needs to define a structure. You don't say, potentially, uh, the, the energy is, is infinite, and therefore we don't have to build the RN based on a structure. No, right now we're building. And when you build, you have to do it by this measure. That's imminence. So imminence, number one, is fundamentally, uh, it, it's, it's qualitative difference one level to the next. And number two, even its quantitative difference also weakens it. And that weakening it makes a, is, is a key difference in the imminent. On the, on the other hand, the desires of each world, or the kesser of each world, the transcendence of each world, it's true. They are dedicated to that world. Because that's what their job is. They're dedicated to be the so-called controller of that particular world, the supervisor, the department head, whatever. But fundamentally, that distinction is, is, doesn't really impact them that much. Because fundamentally, they are just really agents of the main desire. So you have basically, if you want to talk interface, 
the makif of each world is the interface between the imminent energy of that world and the makif of the higher worlds. So it's, it's so basically it's like three steps. You start imminent, you travel to the makif of that imminent, and then you reach the makif harachik that's further until you go all the way to the source. And this is many, many steps in the ladder. So basically, I mean, in, in simpler terms, it's like this. You're learning something, you understand it, but then there's some things that remain beyond you. You study more, you climb the ladder, now, that, now that's imminent, and now you have a new makif. You don't want to jump right away there, so you're constantly going through these stages. All the makifim have one similarity. It's outside of your structure, and it's leading you to a greater place that is more divine and more reflective of God's desire. But if you said, is there a distinction between the desire for Atzil and the desire for Bri? Absolutely. Because now we're focusing on this. If you ask, the pure, if you say all the desires come together, listen, all the Ksarim carrying one, they all have the same, uh, what do we call it, the code. The code is God's desire for existence. So it's, huh? Yeah, the same source code. And this is, I mean, as I said, this is a, uh, this is essentially what he's saying. So it's true, you could just say it's desire, but it's a lot deeper than that. That's why I said that void is necessary here. If you talk technically, you're right. Okay, desire. So, okay, fine. The, 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 the ten spheres in the Gulim are simply the desire for Chach, the desire for being, the desire for Das. But in Aveda, it's a critical component. That step is a critical one. You can't move from here to there. Now, what, what, what I know that your next question is going to be, where's Chach Mr. Mal fit in, right? No, I'm just clear <laughs> Chach is going to be the interface between the makif of Atzillus, the higher level of makif, and the imminence. So within the within makifim itself, we're going to have makifim, and within you know, it's a constant. What were you going to say? Okay. You see, there's a qualitative impact from previewing Qualitative impact? Yes. Of what? Of. With the, uh, with the makif it impacts each world. It impacts the world. Because it's equally new, even with the same. Uh, Nature, there's tremendous differences in that. Look, I, I, I alluded earlier, I said in Kedusha and holiness in general, quantity is also quality. So obviously, the quantitative difference in Makifim is relevant, or else it wouldn't have it. I mean, the fact that we need ten spheres in Agulim is not incidental. There is a role. Yeah. The question, however, is how much does it color and shape the Makif? That's really what it comes down to. And you see here, for example... You know, here would be, I think, I don't know if he's going to say it later, but let's go back. Remember Eris Mitzuyarim? He said it's not like tinted glasses, uh, colored glasses, and, and, and colorless liquid. The, the spheres themselves have ten spheres. In Makiv, you could argue not like that. In Makiv, you could say the ten spheres are like simply colors. That the department heads are right now, so to speak, manifesting in. But they fundamentally remain qualitatively of a different nature. I'm just giving you an example. That may be a key, a key so d- distinction. The would be the I'm just using that example. Yeah. In other words, the makif is right now involved on that particular level, but the makif retains its qualitative. Uh, so what's defining them? There's kalim. There's no kalim there. That's the thing in makifim. What's defining them is is what 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 garment, what body they're dressing, what what department they're running. That's what defines them. It's almost what defines them actually is what God wants them to do. That's what defines them. I want you to go to Atsilis and you take care of Atsilis today. Yeah, it's, it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really... Yeah, I mean, you could say exactly. Remember, that's why I said... In other words, look, let's put it this way. The greatest craftsman on the world... 
No, the greatest craftsman in the world of Asiya, right, is lower than, uh, I'm sorry, the greatest craftsman of the world of Atsilas is lower than the, than, the, than the superintendent, than the supervisor of the lowest world of Asiya. Because he's never going to be a supervisor. You're never going to give him supervision because that's not his strength. Right. His strength is doing his functions. Whereas a, a, a person who has that type of dedication, she says, you know what? Since you headed the small department, now I'm going to put you at the head of this department. Now this doesn't mean, of course, in business you could have someone who was once in the department becomes the head of a department. I'm not getting into that. But here, obviously God has it figured out beforehand. It's not like, you know, he, 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 he has the best department has doing what they have to do and the best people working in the departments to do what they have to do. I think it's a beautiful concept because if you think about it, in every community, every business, you need the visionary, you need the executor. I didn't say executioner, executor, the the implementer. I think in a community too. I mean, in communities, if they were healthy, we would have this. What you have the sheikh of shiftechen and sheikh memecha. You know, you have people who are the the minders, and you have the people who are the grinders. And this is not about about inferior or superior. It's simple roles. God gave people different blessings. And there are people who are brilliant in certain areas, and some people brilliant in other areas. That's really a, a, a healthy a healthy structure. So you can say a person who you know, you know, I, I've sent you. You were like you you headed a small department. I will not put you as a head of a large department. He understands the idea of not being, you know. Remember also a the supervisor of the department is usually not good at doing the jobs themselves. They're good at seeing. They're good at criticizing, basically. <laughs> Like we said about a consultant, because yeah. it's a castrated uh, expert. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Um, uh, so next time Kesser of your department comes and says, "Tell you something. Listen, don't tell me what to do my job. You can you supervise." But <laughs> um, okay. So where, where, first of all, what time is it? So the question is whether we go even to the next chapter. Ten minutes to what? I think I shouldn't go to the next chapter. No, because everyone is rich, and that's. But I think what we have, you know, let me just sum it up. So this will be a good review of transcendent imminence. I mentioned that the Reb Marash in his Maimer in Anoichi Anoichi Tofresh Lametches, he asked this question about about um, the spheres of Igulim. He actually is the basis. Of this whole idea that a makif has a higher part and a lower part, and he says three answers to the gulim. He says number one is that the kav, because the gulim are shaped by the kav. Remember, the thread is what creates the eagle. It says the thread goes and makes an eagle, eagle of chokmah Therefore, the gulim have ma'alamata because of that. His second answer is that it's like a garment. So it's not it's not this distinction in the makif itself. The distinction is only the fiyanikif. That's what he calls it. Not hamakif elat fiyanikif. So since the body is different, so the garment fits. In other words, basically think of it like this: it's one garment that can fit many different. Right now you need this, so the garment will will be shaped accordingly. If it's a different body, it'll shape accordingly. And then the and on that he writes with tzarechiyim, the Reb Marash, on the second thing. And then the third thing he says yeshleimer that a makif there's two levels. There's the makiv that's beyond structure and, and and beyond any distinctions, and then there's the makiv that is connected to structure. That's what he says there. 
being that this is definitely based on those ideas, I think the Rebbe Rashab obviously is taking it a lot further. But he's really explaining all three love, all three answers. I mean, they end up being one answer, but it ends up being that there's an element of makiv that identifies with the thing that it's surrounding, and there's a part of it that does not. It's really what it comes down to. And again, and that's why I say Aveda. You cannot just talk about this mechanically. You start taking mechanically, okay, Kesser is here, Kesser is there, where does it fit? You're talking here a relationship. Transcendence has a relationship with entities, very different than the, than the eminent energy's relationship. And it also has something that's not really of a relationship. It's something beyond. And I think the muscle with the Betzal and, and, and Mesh is excellent. That fits very well. Because, I mean, it doesn't use it, but Betzal is the visionary, and that's why he sees the Kavana, he sees, and, and Betzal, Moshe, sorry. And, and Betzal is the implementer and sees this is how you build a structure first. Then you bring Kalim into it. In other words, it's really two, it's two, it's two um, what do I want to use, not paths. It's not two paths, it's two parallel, um, two parallel tracks of what is necessary to get done. Now, obviously, all this is coming to help us connect the two, because there's plenty more to talk about. You can say, you know what? As I spoke then about a siyaduchnis, if somebody was aligned just with imminent energy, the way God wants it, it's 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 pretty good transcendence right there. Because compared to our lives, which we just do whatever we want, you're aligning yourself to the imminence of asiya or or yitzira or bria. That's pretty pretty good. Here he's talking even beyond that. He's talking not just a line to go what God wants in Chachma Bina. In other words, if every worker, not department, every worker was doing their thing, we'd have a pretty good world. He's going even further. He doesn't just want everyone working doing, he wants it all to be aligned with the, 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 the department head, the, the Ratzin, the desire, the Kesser. Right, all the way to the Bala Ratzin. Because that goes back to that the relationship he wants is all the way through and through. So what's fascinating really is Someone could be practical and say, you know what? Most of my life is busy. I'm going to be busy fixing my areas premium. What are you giving me about air makif? You know, I'm not even there. I'm, I have to just align myself. But on the other hand, let's not forget, because we make mistakes in air premium, this goes back to the infection. You need the air makif for healing. So no, however you twist it, you can't get away from the transcendent supervisor. The supervisor is going to come to, to, the door, to your door because if you're doing your job, you're going to connect to him. And if you're not doing your job, you're definitely going to connect because he's going to come to repair the situation. He's going to come in and say, hey, you know, call you in and say, what are you doing? I think it's a great way really to look at Makif and Primi almost. It's like having your internal supervisor and then you have your internal implementer. In a way, like Chodesh the month we're in now, Tishrei, is when you make a Cheshman Nefesh. That's when, you know, once a year you make a calculation. You're like, you're the supervisor. You're looking at what did I accomplish, and then comes the implementation. When pack fanantid the peklach, when you unpack your your uh, the luggage that you gather, the baggage that you uh, the resources you accumulate in Tishrei. So I think this can definitely be applied to many many real situations, and that's the key. And I say it again and again and again to learn this without that aspect of it. If you don't think that way. You're gonna get. You're gonna hit a wall. Number one, you won't be able to get what he's really saying. Number two, you won't get to the bottom line, which is the purpose of why he's saying it. And I think to apply it to models is fascinating. Fascinating. Because almost even how you make a cheshbon on nefesh, like you know, let, let's. I'll give you an application. When you so when you look at you do you look at your own life, you're accountable for your life. When you look from within the system, you can only see it as a workman sees it. 
Did I do my job right? A supervisor comes and looks at it from a little, from an outside perspective, the transcendent, because it's not invested and not bound to the structure, it can look at it differently. It can have a more objective look, it can have a more broader look, it can see is it aligned with a bigger purpose. So I think this type of Makiv Primi, in applying it that way, is a fascinating way of, of, of using it to, to grow as, as human beings. Okay, let's stop here. So we did a review of transcendence and imminence. We're still at the end of chapter 81, page 155. We shall stop here.